today. Washington Post resident crybaby Taylor Lorenz complains about people doxing her and then promptly doxes a prominent conservative Twitter account. Uh, as a federal judge blocks the CDC mask mandate, the airlines drop masks immediately. Will it hold? And as the far left pushes for open borders, terrorists continue to try to sneak in. Will anyone in power care? We've got all that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to episode 1001 of the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. I feel like I should, ju- I should just keep track now and just yeah. give you every single episode number. I'm sure you won't get tired of that at all. Uh, today, I am joined by Yaku Buyans, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line, and John Doyle, Blaze TV contributor and host of Heck Off Kami, uh, who got a haircut. I did get a haircut. It looks you know, nice. This this Alex Stein character has really been holding up a mirror to to myself <laughs> recently. So yeah, I got a haircut and. Uh, well, you, I mean, you do say every time you come on with Alex, you're like, you're you're what I would look like if I actually tried. But I do notice that you're not wearing a suit. That's true. Well, I don't want to completely copy. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Alex Stein actually invented the suit. And I didn't want to <laughs> copy that from him. So I thought that I would just put a little bit more effort yeah. into manicuring myself without actually taking something out of his wardrobe. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a trademark. So I appreciate yeah. you pointing that out. Yeah. Um, so, guys, I want to get into this, this story about this just horrific woman, Taylor Lorenz. She is uh, what she calls herself as technology reporter, whatever that means, over at the Washington Post. Uh, But she really is just an insufferable person. And she did this story, basically a hit piece, exposing what she says, exposing the person behind the libs of TikTok account on Twitter. Now, we know the libs of TikTok account on Twitter. Uh, We play videos from them all the time. This is a Twitter account that literally all they do is post the left's own videos that they are themselves posting on TikTok. I know they've got suspended from Twitter for it. Uh, Twitter cited hateful content. But all she's doing is holding a mirror up to the left themselves and letting their own words speak for themselves. Now, I I think the most important part of this story that I would like to point out is that Taylor Lorenz, technology reporter of the Washington Post, very, very important over there at the Washington Post, Taylor Lorenz herself was interviewed uh, over at MSNBC for, you know, I think it was online harassment. They were doing a story on online harassment. And the, and the story was one in three women under 35 experience online harassment, which I don't know why they asked Taylor Lorenz because she clearly is not under 35. But for some reason, they put her on their program to talk about online harassment, doxing, intimidating people. And she was just this big blubber fest when she was over on MSNBC talking about how sad it was and, and people are mean to her online. <laughs> Let's watch that. I've had to remove every single social tie. I had severe PTSD from this. I I contemplated suicide. It got really bad. So bad. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the internet to destroy your life. It's you. You're the worst person on the internet. So isolating and terrifying. It's horrifying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's overwhelming. It's really hard. It's just really hard. It's so hard when you 
It's called accountability. It's called. It's not cancel culture. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt the woman while she was having her emotional No, go ahead. Well, no, no, no. So I I want to, so this was Taylor Lorenz, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, going on MSNBC and complaining about how how hard it is to be a female journalist and she has PTSD because people try to use things against her and dox her online. And then she probably goes and writes a story, what she says, exposing the woman behind the libs of TikTok account actually posts the woman's name, actually showed up at this woman's family's residence. Uh, she Libs of TikTok account, you can go there. Here it is. They posted a picture of her just standing there, of course, masked up, which is like the most Taylor Lorenz thing of anything Taylor Lorenz, standing outside in the fresh air wearing a stupid ass mask. That's about right. So uh, harassing her family members, just trying to get the big story, technology reporter Taylor Lorenz. Um, It's just incredible that she can go on MSNBC, spout these things, and then turn around and uh, write a hit piece on a conservative Twitter account that literally is only reposting things that the left is actually saying and doing. John, I, I realize you were about to make a point, so I want to allow you to do that. Well, you're exactly right. When It's not even like they're creating information that is harmful to the left. It is literally posting clips that these people are posting confidently and just <laughs> saying like, hey, look at how crazy these people are. And they are. And people like that who are maybe a little bit more put together relatively understand that this is very bad optics for the broader left-wing coalition. And so what they do. They use all of their resources at the Washington Post, which is one of the most powerful newspapers in the world. I mean, it's owned by Jeff Bezos. And they go and they target some person in the middle of nowhere who's just running a Twitter account because that person is actually a person who's like a threat to the system because they're making it look silly. This person who's a reporter on behalf of the system wants to pretend that they're a victim. Like people are doxing me. No one's doxing because no one actually cares. Like literally no one cares about what you're doing. But you have to pretend that you're this victim to make it seem as though you're in this perpetual state of revolution because that's what the left always has to do is pretend that they're always the victims just pushing the rock up the hill when they have all of the power in society. So yeah, journalists are disgusting people. They're liars. They are the lowest caste in society. I have such a strong contempt for these people because you watch you know, Trump talking about the press is the worst. Nixon says the press is the worst. Then you start to live it. I've been getting so much crap recently from journalists. Like, I did an hour-long video, for example, on Martin Luther King. An hour long. Mm -hmm. Some journalist sat through that hour-long video and took the part where I said that the best thing that could have happened for MLK in terms of his legacy was being assassinated, which is a fact. That is a historical fact. Which you said in context in exactly. the hour-long video. And if anyone would like to debate me on that, I mean, I, don't, I can't imagine any serious historian who would make the argument that his legacy would be as big as it is had he not been assassinated. That was my point, simply saying that by the end of the 1960s, he was losing standing within his own movement. He started flirting with elements of black nationalism. It was very bad publicity. He was being cast out by his own movement. And so then he, he was assassinated. Then he became this big martyr. So in terms of his legacy, that's the best thing. So imagine that. Imagine your job being not, not even a technology reporter, being someone whose job it is to watch an hour-long monologue and wait for the scariest quote that you can take out of context just so you can smear people. They are scum. I don't like them. And yeah. Oh, okay. That ended abruptly. Why? There was another thing queued up that I was going to say, but I was like, we're going to cut it off there. It was, I was remembering <laughs> when you were like implicitly like encouraging uh, her to like just go ahead and do it when she was crying. And I was like, yeah, do it. Make America great again. <laughs> yeah, girl. For the same reason, an artist is more famous after their death, right? And mm-hmm. so, and so and, and familiar with that piece of work. And John, you should not apologize for any of that. But he, this is what happens when you 
celebrate and elevate fear, insecurities, illness, mental illness. Mm -hmm. When you make that the, the standard and the norm to aspire to for a younger generation, you end up with, you know, Chloe the Clown putting on a show for you in a performance and getting a lot of support and will get a lot. Unfortunately, whether we like it or not, she's leading a lot of young people and they follow this just like the AOCs. And so again, our culture today celebrates weakness. Our, our culture today goes, if you're a victim, remember you're a victim and play that card. If you're black, play that card. If you're a minority, play that card versus teaching culture, rise above, be stronger. No, no matter what they say about you, they can't break you. Fall a thousand times, get back up again. No, we're not celebrating that anymore in America at all. We're celebrating this kind of crap. Mm. And, and here's what's going to happen. We're going to have such a weak society that literally the smallest little thing, the straw will break the camel's back, right? That's what we're ending up into. And so, yes, unfortunately, John, it's perpetuated through the journalist, but it's not just a journalist. Our politicians are like this now. They're all crying. They're, someone looks at them sideways, they're crying. I want to get back to the old days. I've said it before. Let's get behind the shed. Two guys go back there. One walks out. The other one all of a sudden has immediate respect. I just want to get back to real consequence to where you can't just flippantly go off and do this and then show up at someone's house and harass them and do the very thing that you're saying they're doing to you. So we need a little thicker skin in this country. Everybody, the left, the right, everybody. We need to teach our children to have thicker skin. Of course, teach love, kindness, but no matter what they say about you, if you're convicted and you know your movement and what you're really about, and you're really about conservatism and the constitution and loving this country, then I say, screw them all, man. Keep going. No matter what they do, just keep going. But we're not celebrating that. Yeah, it, it is interesting, too, because I think when it comes to these jur journalists, I think that they are just they're so uh, offended. They're so hurt that they don't have as much power and influence as an anonymous Twitter account. Right. They, they can't. It, it, it hits them. Uh, look, I think a lot of them are narcissists, possibly sociopaths with Taylor Lorenz. Look. You make your own judgment. I have mine, but um, it it like it it bothers her, right? It just inside her, she can't stand the fact that this anonymous an anonymous Twitter account, an anonymous person has more power and influence than me, technology reporter of the Washington Post, Taylor Lorenz. It eats her up inside, and so she, under the guise of journalism, she just wants to ruin this person's life because she's jealous at the end of the day. That is absolutely the best summary of this that I've ever heard. It's just, it's so true because it's all these people who are insecure, uh, whether it's because of their status or because of their class. Like I've seen photos where uh, some woman who has like a master's degree in art history will post a picture on Twitter of like a, a manager for hire at like a Panda Express and the starting salary is making more than what she's making. She's like, but I'm so educated. I'm supposed to be making more than the dirty Panda Express workers. Right. These people are so insecure. And I would just like to bring up a photo, if I may. This is what the journalist looks like who wrote the hit piece about me. <laughs> it's just so why do they always look like this? They do. Seriously, why do they always look like this? It's because they're insecure. They are dysgenic rejects from society, and they're insecure with themselves, and so all they can do is use their power, what little of it they have, to lash out against normal people. We're not even saying anything controversial. They just hate people who are normal. The libs of TikTok, being someone who's probably relatively normal, just wants to point and laugh at people who are being demonstrably abnormal normal and what does she do she has to come after them and be like no you're not allowed to do that because like you said she's jealous that these anonymous twitter accounts have more power than her precious position affords her at the washington but, but post but john's are the minions though 
remember, they're the minions. Those who truly control the narrative understand that if you weaponize this woman and you play to her insecurities and you feed her demons, this is what she's going to do. So she's a means to an end to them. That reporter is a means to an end to those who truly understand how to play the game play their own people like puppets. They play him like, they're playing the president of the United States like he's a dime store puppet. I mean, like he's nothing because they know how to. I'm saying we can sit here and complain and moan about it. We do the same on the right. We keep our eye off the things that can really move the needle. And that is to elevate, to build stronger people, to call out the best out of people. I always say this, you call a man up. A man doesn't just rise by himself. It's normally a woman that has to call a guy up and say, come on, buddy, let's go. And so the longer we pay attention to these people and we give them their moment in the sun, which is a mental illness, that those who lead them call out of them. They celebrate it to them. To get there means, hey, we want to burn Portland down. So tell all the young ones, hey, they're victims. And because you're black and you're, and if you're white, it's said Black Lives Matter and they'll do our job for us. Mm. So on the right, on the conservative movement, I'm just telling you, if you want to fix it, you're not getting rid of these people because they answer to a whole different God. They're, they're up at their master is big government. For us to move the needle in this country, we better start proactively investing in making culture strong again. And that is telling people, yes, things are going to happen to you, Sarah, but you can overcome it. This is how you rise above it. Mm -hmm. Do not play to their level and let them fall off the cliff, which they will ultimately fall off the cliff. But I'm not seeing us in the conservative side saying, Heck, we got to restore this culture right now. And you're doing it by investing in it and making it strong again. That's my problem with us on the right. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Taylor, I just I didn't have sympathy for her previously when I originally saw her interview. Certainly I don't now. But um, look, you're not a conservative woman, so you have absolutely no idea how bad it can get. Yes. If you are left-leaning, you have so much cover, you have so many people making excuses for you, you don't actually know what it's like to truly be online harassed the way that conservatives are. Specific, I mean, I, spe I speak as a conservative woman who gets death threats uh, all the time. Sure. All sorts of insults you just absolutely have no idea, and I don't blubber about it like a big freaking baby. But that's just because conservative women are just better in general. But I digress. Uh, we've, we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Genucel. So Mother's Day is sneaking up on us, guys. And our friends at Genucel have the perfect gift for all of the special women in your life. You gotta save, uh, you're gonna save up to 50% on all Genucel products across Genucel.com, including their brand new and really awesome Ultra Retinol Cream. By the way, during the limited time Mother's Day sale, every order will include Genucel's immediate effects. These give you results in as little as 12 hours. This is gonna be absolutely free with your order. The Ultra Retinol is powered by Genucel's proprietary MDL technology that combines the anti-aging effects of the Meadow Foam Flower with the moisturizing effects of hyaluronic acid, which is just so, so, so good for your skin. Genucel promises you will look 5, 10, even 15 years younger, guaranteed, or your money back. This is something that Taylor Lorenz really needs as she gets older. I hope she's listening. Uh, but for those of you who are not Taylor Lorenz, you can also take advantage of this. Make this Mother's Day one that she will always remember with this one-of-a-kind gift of beauty. You gotta go to genucel.com slash Y for up to 50% off world-class skin, skin care. That is G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Y. By the way, you are gonna be upgraded to free two-day shipping. You're gonna have white glove concierge service. Go to genucel.com slash Y.
Multiple airlines are now dropping their mask requirements after a Florida judge struck down the federal mask mandate covering public transportation. This was, of course, the CDC's mask mandate. And uh, this is Alaska Airlines, American Airlines, Delta Airlines, United Airlines. We've also got Amtrak that has removed their mask mandate. We've also got Uber and Lyft who have announced that they are dropping their mask mandates for drivers and passengers. Uh, so everyone is kind of a domino effect here after this federal judge struck this down. I want to play for you. This was mid-air on a flight. A pilot announced to all of the passengers that they no longer had to wear their masks. Here's that. April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. Effective immediately, immediately, masks are optional for all airport employees, crew members, and customers inside U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. Yeah, so um, everyone clapping and that's all great, but it does just remind me a little bit of when Greg Abbott enforced a mask mandate and then Greg Abbott rescinded the mask mandate and everyone cheered. And mm -hmm. it's like, why you know, you? why are you cheering? The, and I get it, the pilot's not the bad guy here, mm. but it's like, I want everyone to remember that this government forced you to wear a mask in one of possibly the safest places that you could breathe in an airplane where the air there, the filters that they use, it is like the, one of the cleanest filtering systems possible, yet they still forced you to breathe your own carbon dioxide for two years. We are two years into two weeks to slow the spread. Finally, they are allowing you to breathe freely again on an airplane. Please don't lose sight of that is all I have to say, gentlemen. Did Southwest drop it? I haven't seen. Southwest did. Did they? they did. Okay. I, think I, I don't so. think I don't think anyone yes. can can yes. continue to do it. They just can't. Yeah, no. I, I'll say this. I'm with you. I'm not going to celebrate when it's gone because I never I never bowed to it in the first place. What bothered me about that video you sh just showed, and I saw it yesterday. I think I saw. It, I think David Harris used that video. That's mid-flight, with the cockpit door open, with the pilot standing. I was told it was mid-flight. I don't know if it was. Yeah, because I did see if the pilot, and I was like, "If it well, was mid-flight, and he's standing with the be, door open, yeah, that's the not good." The pilot probably should be should Maybe be. Maybe remember 9/11. That's not good. So if that was mid-flight, that's probably a no-no. I don't know. We should verify whether that's actually mid-flight or they're. Well, regardless, they yeah. came on as they were on the plane, told yeah. everyone, with "Remove masks. your masks." Yeah. Here's a. Let, let me, John. I want to get your thoughts, but let me play one more for you. This is a flight attendant uh, who is walking around down the aisle with a trash bag, uh, trying to tell people to throw their masks away. Watch. Look, it's nice, to, yeah, it's nice to see people uh, excited. It's nice to see, like, she couldn't, this was her job. I get it. Like, yeah. she's excited. But it's like, where was that enthusiasm? Where I, I seem to recall a lot of female flight attendants trying to tell me to <laughs> keep my mask up. I'm just wondering if they are the same people. Yeah, I don't know where I should be on this because part of me wants to be cynical and be like, you fools, you know, why are you celebrating giving, having your freedom given back to you? But then the other part of me is like, 
just comfortable with the fact that most people are sheep and you know it's kind of nice to see like the sheep get to roam outside free for for a change for a minute and i really i did enjoy seeing because i had a flight last night um and it was actually like one of the first flights in the country that i imagine was uh, able to be boarded without having a mask and it was nice to see people's faces again like in the airport mm -hmm. it made me really happy how many people do you think were still wearing masks so i think it was about 45 percent within two hours were no mask and then my prediction is just by the end of the week it's going to be like 80 percent but there's yeah. always going to be that 20 percent and then 10 percent but there will be people permanently who just still yes. wear yes. the mask and that's what and, i'm wondering how many people will remain uh, just wearing masks forever and that's why i think i like it so much even though it is kind of like you know why are we celebrating like being able to breathe again like yeah. the most basic thing is just because I know that the worst people in the world are going to be like melting down about it. Like you know that there are like middle-aged white women on all of these flights seeing like these black stewardesses being like, no more masks y'all. And just being like, you're not supposed to do that. No, I'm gonna get sick. And there's all these mm. people melting down on Twitter about mm. it. And that just brings me a great deal of joy. I even saw actually a journalist from uh, the New York Times reached out to somebody over Twitter because they tweeted like, you know, mid-flight, the mask thing changed and someone yelled out, this is MAGA air territory, my son was crying. Total satire, a journalist from the New York <laughs> Times reached out to them and was like, hi, you know, I'd like to interview you about this. And he was like, hi, this was satire and only someone stupid enough to write for the New York <laughs> Times would actually believe that. So it's true. It's like the journalist's always just waiting. And you know, my prescription for dealing with journalists, I think is a little bit different than yours. I would say that building culture is important, but I just don't know if we have that much time to build like a culture. And I think a lot of the reason people are weak is less because they've been coddled, but more because the hormones are messed up. I mean, testosterone's down 40% mm -hmm. because of things like plastic, estrogens in the water from residual birth control. Like, I don't know that it's possible to do that within enough time before they put us all into mass graves. So my solution would basically just be to fight fire with fire. You know, there was a, an intelligence agency called, I think, BlackRock Intelligence. It was comprised of uh, ex-Mossad, which is the Israeli intelligence agency people. And they had information on a lot of people, like Harvey Weinstein, for example. I think it was their intelligence which took him down. So I would say for a few million dollars, which is what we piss away on the stupidest things in the right wing, you could compri uh, comprise a database of blackmail on the top 200 journalists in the country. Just have it there. Mm. And that type of information would compel people to think twice before doing things like that. And that might make people uncomfortable. Oh, well, how are we gonna beat them if we're just at their level? And it's just like- But John, you can remove every one of those journalists. There's a class of another young commies waiting to be that are so so empty inside that'll just rise up. Fighting fire with fire is me telling John Doyle, John Doyle, when a guy looks at you sideways, square up on him. If you want go to jail? If you want, no, I'm not saying go hit a guy, but stand your ground. Right. Don't bow, don't cower. It's not just, we removed El Chapo. Did we make a dent in the drug cartel industry? Mm. No, we did not. Another guy will just rise up because there's someone above him that they know how to play these people because they incubate them in college. They literally spit them out of college. They're breeding them in school. So you could remember remove all those journalists and spend your time doing that, they'll rise another class. Or we can go and say, hey, we're gonna run a parallel economy. We're gonna build conservative econ economy side by side next to it. Because if I'm just telling you, focusing on just taking them out, we're wasting time when we could be building stuff. I don't think I'm about building stuff. I don't think that we're capable of building anything parallel. I mean, why would they not shut that down? I mean, look at everything we tried to do with all. We're all building a lot of parallel stuff right now. We got banks rising up. We got a lot of things, which is why I don't like this Elon Musk conversation. They're never going to forfeit Twitter. They will put a trillion dollars in Twitter just to make a point to hold it. Let them have it. Let them go. Why are we fighting to get Twitter back? Forget about Twitter. 
I think let's it, move on. It, it John would agree with that on Twitter to, because he's already he's already kicked off. No, I'm of completely it. pro Twitter still. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm loyal still because it's a great platform, and that's the thing. Whenever conservatives try to create culture, they try to create the right wing version of razor blades, the right wing version of Twitter, and it's like these things are apolitical in essence. They get co-opted by the left because the left cares and the right things. Well, I'm just going to go make my own over here, and it's like okay, great, but the masses are not going to gravitate towards your alternate platform. You don't need the masses. Gonna be the new the new bake is small. You don't need the masses, John. You need quality. You don't need 50,000 people following you where really 200 of them are loyal, actually will do something when the, when the chips fall. You need the 200 loyal ones that will go to war with you to actually go move the needle. This is historically. You don't need Gideon's 10,000. Give me the 300. The other freaking 10,000 is going to stab me in the back when, it, when the chips really fall. That's a big problem with our party. This is how we let wolves in sheep's clothing into the conservative movement. It's because we go, well, we, we, we need the masses. We always need the masses. No, we do not. John, we do last not. word. I, I don't know if those 300 warriors are going to be very useful in the parallel economies if they weren't even willing to preserve the infrastructure that we had in this country 60 years ago. Uh, I feel like okay. this is a great time okay. to just bring up the fact that if you do believe in a parallel economy uh, and you like makeup, <laughs> you yeah. should go to AmericanBeautyBySarah.com yeah. and get make, yourself. Make your case to Sarah. Make your case to Sarah right now. Sarah, your makeup's obsolete. You don't need it. No, you do. Yeah. You I get mean, your 2,000, 3,000 amazing subscribers that buy your makeup. You don't need to be Maybelline. Yeah. Right. They'll be with you. They'll stay, they'll ride and they'll die with you. I'm telling you. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I understand where both of you are coming from. I would say it would be nice to get to the place, John, where you're saying you want to be. But in the meantime, conservatives are dying for a place to put their money so that they can feel comfortable knowing that they're not just wanting to, you know, they don't want to fund these people who literally hate them and wish that they didn't exist. I'll leave you guys with that. But uh, we got it. Okay. I gotta tell you guys, there is a wasp flying around in here, and I have a feeling it is not, like, when we come back from break, I don't know what's gonna happen because I'm very afraid of wasps, and I was trying really hard as John was talking to not freak out. I'm a little bit concerned, but uh, we're gonna go to break. First, we wanna thank our sponsor, Happy. So look, it, I'm sure you would think it would be great if choosing how you feel was, it's right over there, Yaku. Choosing how you, God, choosing how you feel was as easy as picking a song on your phone. You could like tap a button to feel energized without caffeine. You could tap a button to feel relaxed when you're stressed. Uh, well, listen, when I heard that there was actually a wearable device that was around, it's called Happy, that lets you change how you feel, I did not believe it. So. I had to try it, and let me tell you, it works. It actually delivers signals to give you the same sensations as caffeine, alcohol, and melatonin, CBD as well, without any of those chemicals or side effects. These are signals uh, only your body can hear. They are made by Happy to replicate the unique magnetic signatures of popular everyday ingredients. You switch the signal on your phone, on the app, and you can change how you feel. I use this to boost my energy. It's like drinking a cup of coffee, uh, or they even have one for holidays. It's called family time, and the ingredients are CBD and alcohol. So you, you know that you can get through Christmas, you can get through the family gathering and just feel relaxed and not stressed out at all. This is backed by decades of research, by the way. I've tried it. It works for me. It also has a 365-day guarantee, so you can try it for a whole year. Give Happy a try, and you're going to love it as much as I do. You can order today, and you'll save 25% and get 30 days free access to all of their signals. Take advantage of this. Go to happy.com slash why. That is H-A-P-B-E-E dot com slash why to save 25%.
Border Patrol apprehended at least, <laughs> at least 23 people coming across the southern border whose names are on the terror watch list in 2021. This is, of course, according to uh, Customs and Border Protection data that, uh, look, between January 20th and December 27th, 2021, 23 encounters. This is this is just that we know of, okay? That we know of. These are the encounters mm -hmm. whose names matched on the terrorist screening database. These are all, look, Rio Grande Valley sector, Del Rio sector, El Paso sector, Tucson sector, Yuma, El Centro, San Diego. So, of course, all spread out. And look, I want to, I want to play a clip of Peter Ducey, who, again, is just doing God's work over there in the uh, in the White House, the only one asking the tough questions. But Peter Ducey actually asked White House Press Secretary Poor Man's Peppermint Patty Jen Psaki about these 23 people. And here's some of that exchange. Why do you guys think it is that somebody on a terror watch list would want to get into the United States undetected? Well, I can't make an assessment of that. But what I can tell you is that your data you're citing here means the Border Patrol was doing their job. I mean, so, they so they apprehended people at the border. 2,000 right. illegal immigrants a day got away last month. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that you can say with certainty none of them on a terror watch list. Here's what we're talking about, encounters we know and of a suspected um, terrorist attempting to cross the southern border. They're very uncommon. Uh, we're talking about a few dozen annual encounters at so most. Bad at this. At most uh, and these encounters represent significantly less than the 0.01% of total encounters per fiscal year in recent years. But I'd note, these individuals, these 23 people, the Border Patrol, they stopped them. They prevented them from getting into the country. They're protecting our homeland and keeping us safe. So the president is not worried about holes in the southern border being exploited by people trying to come in and kill Americans. He's grateful to the Border Patrol for doing oh. their job and, and stopping these people and preventing mm -hmm. them from getting into the country. Mm. Mm. Yaku, you have been down to the border many back times. There, back there Please. in 10 days, back there in 10 days, because we are going to be hell-bent to keep them away until May 23rd, okay? It's going to be very difficult. Listen. One in three. This is Dan Patrick. Me, conversation with Dan Patrick a week ago with Mike Pompeo. Okay. One in three gets apprehended, but not sent back. Mm -hmm. Even when apprehended, they get a bus ticket. Welcome into Midland, United States. So even when they tell you they're being apprehended, it just means they came across close to a border checkpoint. They sat down. They were asked their name. They got put on a bus. They went to a processing facility, which is normally Catholic charities that gets paid to process these people, by the way. And then they welcome into America. Two of the three cross illegally. 2.6 million have been apprehended. Close to 10 million have come in. The number now that Dan Patrick the, you know, the, the, uh, of Texas and Pompeo is working on will be 20 million illegals crossing into this country before the next presidential election. Hmm. We're finding Syrians. And by the way, people are dying. Can we talk fentanyl for a minute? 300 people dying a day in this country from car fentanyl. Okay, we've got more fentanyl in this country. We can kill a billion people with the amount of fentanyl in this country. This is a massive crisis on our border. End of story. That's it. They, they can spend this any way they want to. It's a disaster. We've got elements. in. This is Mike Pompeo, the former head of the CIA. Him saying in Dallas, Texas, we've got elements in our country now that makes him reminisce of what happened at 9-11. There's agents being trained in our country today that came across this border that have really bad intentions.
for the United States. Yeah. Uh, John, but I mean, look, these people were apprehended, so there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, I like how she's not even willing to address the question at its core. And like, if we can assume this, say, what do you say, 2,000 people are crossing a day illegally and 23 of those that were apprehended of the however many were terrorists or on a terror watch list, does that not maybe imply that of the other thousands, at least like a handful of them will also be on terror watch right. list? But she's like absolutely refusing to even address that as a possibility. And instead, because she knows this will get clipped and, you know, this is what's going to be on the official record. They're keeping us safe and they're protecting our homeland. Homeland? That's not a word that's in the, the, the vocabulary of the Democrat Party. Their whole thing is that like borders are oppressive and we're all global citizens, all part of one big community. Not that we have like a homeland or a nation or anything like that. Well, Good I mean, point. they but they, when they can use it to their advantage, yeah, Border Patrol all of a sudden are heroes. Wasn't Border Patrol the ones that they were saying were like whipping uh, illegal yeah. immigrants horses, coming across yeah. the border? Whipping. They were horrible. We needed to yeah. shut them down. Now, all of a sudden, there are heroes. And, and, and I'll just say this again from from these ears and these eyes. When I work with CBP on the border, not the state troopers or the National Guard. This is their this is their mantra at the moment. We are here to support the refugees. You go, you walk up to the border, you talk to Border Patrol. This is what you will hear. Sir, we're here to support the refugees, right? So this is what the Biden administration is telling him. So, okay, sit him down. They can't interrogate them. They can't touch them. Literally, I'll show you a video of me going and we're interrogating. We're looking for fentanyl. They go, hey, we're just here to support the process. What's the process? We call a white bus. Mm -hmm. The white bus picks them up and they end up somewhere in America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of the the moment where we were supposed to believe that Border Patrol was all evil because they were they were whipping they were whipping these poor migrants just looking for a better life. Peter Ducey actually asked Jen Psaki about that and whether or not the White House owed these Border Patrol agents an apology. Here's that exchange. We've been told that the mounted Border Patrol officers the president accused of whipping migrants have been notified they will not face criminal charges. So when is the president going to apologize to them? Uh, there is a process and an investigation that's gone through the Department of Homeland Security. I don't have any update on that. The president said that they were whipping people, which would be a criminal offense, and they've been told they're not going to be criminally and charged. And there was an so investigation into that, and I'll let the Department of Homeland Security announce any conclusion of that investigation. You accuse these officers of brutal and inappropriate <laughs> measures now that they've been told they will not be criminally charged. Will you apologize? And, Peter, there was an investigation oh, into their behavior. There was an so investigation. that investigation is mm. playing out. Mm -hmm. Whenever there, it's uh, going to be announced, the Department of Homeland Security will announce that. Mm. And I'm sure we'll have a there was an investigation. An investigation. There was an investigation. It didn't prevent her from saying all of these things in the first place and talking about how horrible these Border Patrol agents were. It's interesting because I feel like she could have said this is under investigation when it originally happened and she would wait for the facts to actually play out. Instead, they filed the verdict. she says there's an investigation yeah. when she doesn't want to admit that they were wrong. Yeah. What, what do they think would happen if people tried to like mass immigrate to like the Roman Empire, or tried to scale the Great Wall of China. Like, it would have been a little bit more uh, callous than, I think, whipping. You know, if we were a serious country, and we could, I'd love to take public data on this, you'd be, you know, maybe we should just build a moat in front of the southern border, a big moat, and there's crocodiles yeah. and sharks and all sorts of things like that. That will solve the, the mass immigration. And then also, to really stick it to them, it will actually make the, the Gulf of... Uh, 
I'm sorry, the Panama Canal economically obsolete because we will have our new, you know, canal, and then we can completely cripple the Latin American economy, create a refugee crisis there like we like to do all over the world, funnel those refugees to China, destabilize China, take out our biggest enemy. See, this John, is why you're starting this to sound it. like a libertarian that's not going to go to action. This, this is, is why this is why the journalists come after me. I am a th <laughs> these these are the ideas that are going to change history. <laughs> all right, we let's get into uh, what is happening in Florida with Disney when we come back. <laughs> that was funny. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis making moves again. He just announced today that uh, Florida lawmakers are considering the termination of Disney's Reedy Creek Improvement District. This is from Representative Randy Fine, who says, breaking, Disney is a guest in Florida. Today, we remind them. Governor DeSantis just expanded the special session uh, so I could file HB3C, which eliminates Reedy Creek Improvement District, a 50-year-old special statute that makes Disney uh, to exempt from laws faced by regular Floridians. So this is, of course, this was uh, passed in the 60s. Lawmakers established this that basically allows Disney to be responsible. I mean, they're, they're governing themselves, basically. They're responsible for the cost of establishing and maintaining municipal services so that the taxpayers don't have to do that. But obviously, the, the effect of that is that Disney runs runs the show, right? They run their own stuff. They, are not, they don't have to face all of the regulations and the rules that the actual taxpayers have to face. And Ron DeSantis hinted at it before when Disney came out after him for the what they would call the don't say gay bill, which we know is actually not true because the word gay is not mentioned in that bill. But they came out strong against Ron DeSantis for trying to protect children from being sexually indoctrinated in the grades kindergarten through third grade. Apparently that was too much. That was too much. Ron DeSantis protecting children too much for Disney of all places. And they came out against him. And Ron DeSantis is pushing back, it looks like, uh, creating this, expanding the special session so that this bill could be filed. It will be interesting to see how this plays out, gentlemen. This is what I'm talking about. Drawing a line and standing your ground. This is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to dance. It's Disney. So what? Still, the Floridians are more important than a corporation, and there's more Floridians than Disney. So what? So, so if Disney disappears completely, so what? Another will rise, and it will be better, and it will be governed better, and it will be protect children. It's just that time, John. I'm telling you, this is the, the proverbial and literal example of what I'm talking about. You're going to draw a line because every other governor in Florida's history could have done similar things at times. Now, it wasn't as grotesque going after children, but finally we've got a guy there that says, I'm not playing, man. I'm not mm -hmm. doing it. Mm -hmm. You're going to dance, puppet. Mm -hmm. You're a guest here. Fantastic. Yeah, you've been getting special Pay attention, but, Abbott. Right. Let's do that with illegals. You're a guest here. You come legally. No, but he's not doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. John. Yeah, I'm all for this. Um, and I think he's smart because he knows that he has the leverage because Disney came to Florida because Florida is Florida. Florida's mm -hmm. not Florida because Disney's there. That's I mean, right. they have a host of theme parks and Disney knows that like that's the place where they have to be. So if not there, I mean, they have like places in uh, all throughout the world. I think the other one in America is like where in Los Angeles, but it's like Florida has not, because of right wing leadership, descended into a hellhole the way that California has. So in terms of a family environment, like, yeah, they have to stay in Florida. So they're going to probably try to... Uh, 
peel this back a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's scary because it's not even like the top down at all these corporations. It's always like the middle managers who are walking out because these are the people who are so possessed by this like woke ideology. So I'm glad that DeSantis is uh, forcing them to bend the knee. And I hope that within even Disney itself, like the leadership will kind of get a hold of things and get their employees to stop basically uh, teaching kids about um, things. Yeah, the things that we, as it turns out, parents don't want their children learning. It's just, it's fascinating to me though, how uh, strong Disney has come out against this as they have a Disneyland resort in Shanghai, China. Very interesting how they treat the two so differently that Florida is so They'll oppressive. never do this. They'll never do this in Shanghai because that administration will not tolerate it. Right. And at the end of the day, I'll say this. They serve the God of money. Mm-hmm. So when you touch their money, they will dance. And he's busy touching their money because what he's about to do is take regulations and put it on them for building permits. Oh, you want to drill? You want to drill a hole? get a permit, which they don't. They self-govern at this moment. They can build the next Harry Potter ride and off they go. Now it's like, file a permit, get in line like a normal Floridian that's trying to build a house. It's waiting seven and a half months to get an inspector to come out. It's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to hurt them. Yeah, you're talking about, uh, you mentioned Harry Potter stuff. It's like, that's, you know, universal. Mm-hmm. They're great. Yeah. They're getting better all the time. I've noticed they've stayed noticeably silent yeah. uh, on all of this, which is smart because as you know, you, look, take all of this Disney crap away that they want to sexual. I mean, don't take it away, but let's eliminate that from the conversation for right now, for this particular moment. Pretend that all of these sexual indoctrination stuff didn't exist. Pretend that they were not trying to eliminate uh, be anyone being gendered at any of their parks, that they're not changing boys and girls to like, hello everyone. Take all of that out of the equation. They still cost a fortune and they're just getting worse. They're charging an arm and a leg and they're nickel and diming people still. They're, I mean, it's like they want to box out the average American already. So it's like, just with that alone, it feels like Universal's looking pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. Then throw everything else in, and that, that's a really easy decision, at least for our family. Yeah, it really is tragic to see what happened internally with Disney. I forgot the gentleman's name. I think it was the nephew of Walt Disney. He had lost and then regained a lot of corporate power within the company, which led to, I think, what's referred to as like the Disney Renaissance in the 90s. And they really were putting out like good family-friendly content for a while. And he died relatively recently. And ever since then, everything's just really gone to hell. So yeah. I don't know. I think Disney's like, you know, if you really like playing guitar, for example, uh, maybe one day you want to play the Stratocaster, one day mm-hmm. you want to play the Jaguar. But it's like Disney, but it's, you know, they want to go to China and slaughter puppies and, you know, clamp down on people. Or they want to be in America and teach kids about anal sex and genital mutilation. It's like different flavors of the same general <laughs> hobby, which is just like worshiping Satan and being possessed right. by a demon named Gammon. So that's like kind of the way. This is, that's a great, that's a great this, note This, this is on. so John Doyle. This is, is why people love you, bro. It that's, is. That's, that's classic. That, is, that sums it up quite nicely. We got to take a break. We'll be back. Yeah, that was Roy. Roy Disney. Hey, uh, don't forget, if, especially if you guys watched the show, the thousandth episode yesterday, if you enjoyed it, 
you got to go leave a review on the audio podcast, all right? We love it when you do that. Uh, it will help more people be able to find the show. Subscribe, rate, and review. And then you may see a review read on air like the one today from Southern Coco, who said, five stars, what would I do without your show? My husband and I are both Army veterans, and it's difficult to watch the country we fought for teeter on the edge of destruction. Sarah, your show with the sarcasm and humor you and your guests inject has allowed me to stay informed while still keeping a calm, hopeful attitude. Thank you for standing up for our country, and thank you for standing up for our children. Tell Yaku thank you also, please. Keep up the great work. Well, I didn't have to tell him because you just did. Thank you. So uh, thanks to both Yaku, John Doyle. Thanks, John, for bringing humor. That's what I Were do. you funny? I, he was funny to me. Incidentally. <laughs> On purpose? To me, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.